The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building resilience. Talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, Australia, and good evening, America. You're listening to Radio Tony with your host, Tony Lontis, and we're live across the world. And I'm hoping that you're all listening and everything is okay in your life. Um, just a quick reminder that Radio Tony has its own website, radiotony.com. It has its own Facebook page, just Radio Tony on Facebook. And if you want to link to me on LinkedIn, it's Tony Lontis. And today, I just want to start the program by saying that today's topic may trigger something in those of you that are listening. And it's not our uh our attempt to trigger you, but both Tracy and I believe strongly that we need to talk about the impact of childhood trauma on our adult selves and our adult lives. And we can't do that in anything other than a vulnerable and authentic way. And so this morning, I just want to start that telling you what childhood trauma is in terms of a definition. According to Highland Springs Clinic, childhood trauma is a frequent occurrence. The uh, National Child Traumatic Stress Initiative reports that by the age of 16, two-thirds of children report experience at least one traumatic event. According to the American Psychological Association, a traumatic event is one that threatens injury, death, physical integrity of self or others, and it causes horror, terror, helplessness at the time that it occurs. It can also encompass many different situations and may be different for each person that comes in contact with the event. If untreated, childhood trauma can have long-lasting effects. Trauma can affect a child's mood, their ability to regulate their emotions, and they are two times more likely to develop depression and three times more likely to develop anxiety. The sooner the trauma is addressed through therapy, the better chance for the child to have a full and successful recovery. So, good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Tony. I'm so happy that you are the person that I have this show with today because as most of our listeners would know, uh, Tracy has trauma in her past and childhood and since recovering and healing from that, she has been helping others across the course of her lifetime with the trauma that they may have suffered as a child. And before I throw to Tracy, good morning, Ivy. I'm doing really well and I'm immensely happy to be on Radio Tony. It brings me joy every week that I get to talk to you, the wonderful listeners. Violet says, hi, what's going on with you? Well, Violet, I can say it's Friday in Australia and I am eternally grateful that it is Friday. There's been a lot of stuff happening in my life. I tell you, I feel like the universe is preparing me for something whatever it is 
It's been relentless. Willow says, I think it's going to be another really... Oh, thank you, Willow. Evie says, a big topic again. And Oliver says, do you find women or men have these more? Before we answer your question, Oliver, just again, for those of you listening, if this triggers something in you, please seek help, reach out, talk to someone and make sure that it's okay for you. But both Tracy and I feel passionately that we need to talk about these subjects on the airwaves. We feel passionately that it's important to reach out to individuals across the world and help them discover some of the ways that they can heal from these things that affect us in adult life. So, Tracy, I'm handing the mic over to you. Thanks, Tony. I guess today's show needs to start probably with my story. Yes. Um, so I was born in the early 60s into a home that was already having DV in it because my father was mentally ill. So my father is a schizophrenic with five disassociative personalities. And growing up in my home, the only thing that was normal was the cycle on our washing machine. Nothing else equated to the life of that time. And... What I realised was that by the time I was 12 years of age, so much had happened. And, you know, as you know, the first seven years of somebody's life is the most formative because we're born with no, with no immune system, no ability to differentiate good from bad. We just take it as being truth. So by the time I was 12, Tony, I had been sexually abused by 12 different men. And I'd had a lot happen to me. I'd been I'd been beaten, I'd been harmed. You know, there there was all sorts of stuff. Dad was not normal in any way, shape or form. And and true to the fact, because back in the day there was no support, mum was really an alcoholic trying desperately to cope. And I don't think any of us did. So by the time I was 18, I was outworking that because here's the thing, if you grow up believing something, you you live to that good or bad. Yeah. And, and so by the time I was 18, I was self-medicating and pretty much self-destructing. And I got sent to a psychologist because of something that happened at work. And the psychologist told me that I would need to be medicated for life. I wouldn't contribute to society and I'd probably be dead by 30, which was a pretty big thing to hear at 18. And a big shock, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a big shock. And nowadays, when people hear that, they get really upset. But in honesty, it was probably a mirror. Actually, at the time, he was probably being fairly accurate. And and so I went about to find out how to get over childhood trauma because obviously it had started for me at at five years of age. So it was all I'd known. Um, and it was pretty complex. Like when I would see doctors, they would say to me, you've got some complex trauma. So when medical people use the word complex, they mean they don't know what to do with it. They and it means that it's pretty <laughs> significant. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and when I started to find out how I could heal, and that's what my book, The Unhappy Smile, is, the nine – the nine ways to heal from childhood trauma. An awesome actually, book. Thank you. I actually found they weren't they weren't big mysteries. They weren't that hard to know. It was just that I'd never been taught them. And so that was very interesting for me. So I began to retrain myself and it took a really long time. I carry a card in my wallet that says it is better to build children than have to repair a grown up. Because it sure is. Because what happens to you in your childhood does stay with you for the rest of your life in some way, shape or form. It does. It does. Now, Tracy, a couple of questions we've got coming through. Um, Oliver says, do you find women or men have more of these traumas? I think that it's pretty even across men and women. Uh, I do tend to think that women may be slightly more resilient to recovery and healing versus men. Um, and and I've not got research that backs that. That is just my experience. What about you, Tracy? It's it's certainly, Oliver, it's certainly about 50-50 in Australia and I would yep. imagine America sitting around the same um, because, you know, people that want to harm children, 
you know, pedophiles and stuff like that, they don't really have a preference. Um, yeah. they, they fixate on people. So it does, if they fixate on you as a boy. But what I have found in Australia, Tony, which breaks my heart, is that there isn't quite the support for men. Women are finding their voice, I guess, because we've begun to congregate and we've begun to become really vocal about it. Um, and we've done a lot of statistics, such as people that are involved in domestic violence, often they have a childhood of domestic violence. So we've begun to do some of these really deep studies and discovered this. But for men, it's hard enough in the Western culture for them to talk about their sexuality. Um, it's extra hard when they have to talk about how somebody took it from them. So I do find that there's not quite the support for the men, and I do find their mental issues around childhood trauma can actually be a little bit more intensified than most of the women who are coming out and getting some support now. Yeah. Zara wants to know, should people look back and know their stories? Um, I'll just quickly answer that first and then I'll uh, throw to Tracy. Zara, I actually think that people can recognise the results of trauma in their adult lives and heal it. I don't necessarily think that you need to know the story. Uh most of you, most of you as adults, will know your story, but some adults out there uh, have all the hallmarks of having had a significant childhood trauma, but don't necessarily remember what that is. Uh, I would say that some of my story falls into that category. I know from research, therapy, and what is evident in my adult life that there's probably trauma there that I don't remember. And from my perspective, that's actually okay. You can still go on to do the things that you need to do to heal and live a positive adult life. What do you think, Tracy? I find a lot of children blanket out out of sh sheer yes. horror. Um, yes. I don't. I don't think you have to go back. But like you said, Tony, there's signs. There's a story, and if those yes. signs are there, then there is a story behind them. Especially if those if those signs have been there from a really young age, because children can't pretend this stuff. Yeah. Um, and nobody wants to. So if the signs are there, then the story is there. I don't think you have to know the story to heal. Um, I agree. And I don't think people that have been through deep chronic trauma, I don't think any of us remember everything. Yeah. And there's actually no reason uh, that you need to know everything to heal um, because some of that, the brain protects you as a young child. It disassociates and uh, represses memories or keeps them hidden uh, you experience the results of that as an adult through some of the behaviors that you exhibit and if you're looking at yourself and thinking why am I so angry why am I so anxious uh, why do I suffer from depression and anxiety and, and those things and you think you you recognize that something may have happened in your childhood you can still heal and help those things without having to know the story so Zara uh, some people very much remember the story some people don't and there's equal healing available for each scenario. Judy wants to know, how are you able to get through these things? And this is very much a question for Tracy. I think the most important thing is that you don't, you don't get through them. Um, for, for me, it wasn't a case of getting through something. It was a case of, okay, this is my story and it's really ugly and I don't want it to be my story, but it, I need to have it as my story. And that's why when I wrote my book, I wrote it in the three chapters of the Serenity Prayer. It's all about accepting what you can't change, having the courage to change what you can, and then knowing the, the difference, having the wisdom yep. to know the difference, such as implementing bold love, life changes, you know, stuff like that, to protect yourself and to go on and, and be good in your healing. So, for, you know, for me, it's very much a case of life is a journey and this is part of your dance. Whatever's happened to you is part of your dance. And don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying because I wish with all my heart nobody had these stories. 
I wish yes. with all my heart this program today was redundant. But yes. the reality is, Tony, that you and I, we aren't part of a select group. We're part of a big group. Bigger group. And it's it's unrelentless in, to, in who it chooses and what it does. And so that's why we talk about it. So understanding it happened and then moving past it, I guess, is the words I used. I had to come to terms with it. And that's always the really big thing for people because when it's horrific, you don't want to come to terms with it. Because in, in accepting that that is in your past, it always leads to points of shame and guilt and low self-esteem. And really, as a child... You have no control over lots of the things that happen to you. And by accepting that you don't have that control, I know for myself it made it easier to work through and start to heal uh, some of the things that, that I experienced. Now, Tracy, Ralph has a triggering question. So just a warning, people. Ralph wants to know, was the rape by the same person or different ones? If you don't feel that you want to answer that, Tracy, we'll skip to the next question. No, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. And because I want people to, to heal, I, you know, like, Tony, it's an ugly story. You've heard it. You've heard it all. Um and it was, it was 12 different men, um, so that was pretty difficult to deal with. Um, some of them I didn't know. Some of them my father orchestrated that event for me. Um, but I personally probably knew seven of them, but it was 12 different men. Yeah. So uh, a lot of trauma for Tracy to deal with over the course of her life. Jasmine wants to know, can we really get over the past or do we just kid ourselves about being better? Tracy, this one's yours. Oh, this is my favourite question. Yes. Um, absolutely you can get over it. Absolutely oh, you can. Agree a thousand percent. Now, listen, I want to be really honest because I love the show and, Tony, you are one of my favourite people on the planet. Mm. To say that I am... Exactly the person I would have been had it never happened is a lie. I have effects in my life still to this day that create who I am and, and, and I make no excuses for them. Let me give you an example. I'm married, as you know, and I have been for 33 years. If Paul is away overnight, I have to sleep with a light on. I can't sleep in the dark alone. And I'm in my mid to late 50s, so this is a long time after event. Um, if I see a domestic violence situation, if I see a man hitting a woman, if I hear it, I'm triggered very quickly to a bit of a frozen state and I have to talk myself through that really quickly um, and tell myself a certain set of things that I have that I tell myself. Um, Are you I, comfortable sharing those with our listeners, Tracy? Because so I when think I, that... Yeah. I actually think so for that me, the way that you talk to yourself when you are triggered is immensely important to healing. Yeah. Okay, so just work with me, guys. Yes. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the first seven years of your life, you are so receptive to learning anything and everything about you. that And they've proven that by seven, we're quite formed in our beliefs from our family of origin or whoever it is we grew up with. So I have a, I have a child inside of me. Like I, I like to call it the, the seven-year-old Tracy. Because yeah. when those moments happen, it's like I'm drawn straight back to my own life because I have an attachment to these noises and stuff like that that occur. Yes or seeing this stuff and so one of the things I do is I address the child in me I I tell the child in me you are safe this is not happening to you this is not about you um, but what happens is you can now step back you can either now go in and be part of this or you can walk away you don't have any responsibility around it and I have to quieten down almost like I said, because that's like all this subconscious thing that rises is like the, the, the girl in me. And I have a lot of yes. statements like, you're okay, I've got this. I'm an adult now. 
I ha- this is not happening to me. I am completely safe. I've got this. I can do this. So that's sort of how it goes for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would add to that that my the t- the words that go around in my head are something like, "I'm okay. This is okay. You're safe now. It's all right." And I say that until that feeling of rising panic lessens. I also try and remember to breathe because when you're in that triggered moment, uh, and I'm not sure if this is the same for Tracy, but for me, I stop breathing. Like I I hold my breath. And if I can consciously remember to go and take a deep breath, it takes away that moment of panic for me. Um, and, And I think for me that Breathing and breath is incredibly important in that moment. But, yes, it it is sometimes you'll go weeks and weeks and weeks with no, everything will be fine. And then sometimes you have a week where it's bang, 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 bang. Things you see in the media, places you go, things that you watch will elicit a physical and mental response that you know and recognise as a trigger for something else. Wensi wants to know, please, no pressure, you can tell us what you can. Violet says you can talk to the inner child and help her through this. Absolutely, Violet. Absolutely a key for me, and you're hearing from Tracy as well, that talking to that inner child and telling that inner child that you are okay, you're an adult now, you're perfectly safe, and everything is all right. Anne wants to know, have you tried age regression therapy? Tracy? No, I haven't because it wasn't really around when I was doing the depth of my work. Yeah. But I'm I'm pretty open to any modality. And I think that if people have got chronic trauma from childhood, they should look into whatever sits well with them and pursue it because you're going to need to get some help. I agree. Um, One of the things that I've been uh, dealing with over the past week is uh, not everyone wants to deal with their trauma and that's their decision but you should never allow someone who doesn't want to deal with their trauma to stop you from getting the help that you need and desire and As Tracy said, if age regression therapy works and assists you, then so be it. And also I wanted to mention that it's a very individual thing. Trauma affects each of us in an individual way. And something that completely unsettles or unhinges someone may may not elicit the same response in another person so we're very individual we have varying individual resilience to trauma and some of us are just born with better coping mechanisms than others and that's completely okay you need to approach this from the perspective that you need to find out what works for you Um, and I may have talked about this before but it took me a number of psychologists and counsellors to find someone who actually helped me in a way that I needed to be helped. And so if you start seeing someone and you're not feeling like it's helping, then try something else or someone else because there will be someone out there that resonates with you and that can help you in the way that you need help. But again, back to that, Lots of people try and bury their trauma. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to seek help for it. They don't want to know about it. But my experience is that this is the worst thing you can do. This leads to huge mental breakdowns. It leads to huge problems. And the more you try and suppress and not talk about and not get help for, I think the worse you're going to be. Would that be your assessment too, Tracy? Absolutely. I think with, with trauma, we, we really get scared about dealing with it because we know we know intrinsically we're going to fall apart for a little while. 
And as I've said before, our brains are wired, our subconscious is wired as our negative best friend. So at all times, it's trying to protect you from feeling or hurting or or going through anything. But for me, what I found was that once I'd unpacked it, the long-term effects of having dealt with it far outweighed any of the trauma I was going to have to revisit and the pain I was going to have to feel in the short term. Because yeah. for me, one of the things was I, because I was so abused as a child, I truly believed at 12 years of age I knew nothing good was going to happen to me and I would never amount to anything. So if I had spent all my life believing that, fast forward to some 40 years later, and plus, you know, if I'm still believing that, my job wouldn't have been fulfilling, my marriage would have been over, like it would have had spill-on effects for the whole of my life, which is why they end up in mental health issues because the world isn't just isn't able to work for them because of the filtration system. They see it through because of all the childhood trauma. So when people come to work with me and see me, I always encourage them to understand that the next four weeks might be difficult. The next five weeks might be difficult. But the beauty of that is that once we're through the difficult, it will be better. It will be much better long term. And and I just, again, it's so important that you be gentle with yourself, that you go into things understanding that it might be bad for a little bit longer, but understand that once that started, it starts to get better. And we're not saying that you'll never be triggered, that you'll never have a depressive or anxious moment again. Those things will will definitely happen, but you get stronger and you're more able to deal with them and life, generally speaking, become so much better can I just tell you that the person I was when I finally uh, at the first complete breakdown realized that I could not function this way anymore and as bad and horrible as that time was I'm so glad that I did that that I allowed myself to start to heal because life got better all those things that were not working in my life, that were creating issues around panic, and depression, anxiety, they all started to slowly get better. And that's the point of why you need to address trauma in your life, because it doesn't get better until you start shining a light on it. And that can be scary and horrible, but it gets better, doesn't it, Tracy? Absolutely it does. And it's the gift you give yourself. You know, you can't you can't be responsible for other people. And if you were a child without any defense mechanisms at all and they took something from you, you can't even be responsible for that. But you can be responsible for you understanding you didn't deserve that and you deserve to heal. You deserve to be different. You deserve to be everything you were always going to be, no matter what that trauma did. And in my case, the trauma, I believe, has really made me into a, a stronger person, a more resilient person than I would have possibly been by nature had I been raised differently. Yeah. I've definitely got a more global outward view than I would have had had I not had to address some things in my life. So there's a lot of pluses for it. It's just really hard to see that when you're so hurting. Yeah. Um, Royal... Uh, Does childhood trauma make people stronger? I absolutely believe that if you seek the healing from trauma, it will definitely make you stronger. And it does mean working with your brain. It does mean taking the time to treat yourself better. And it does mean that you have to do things differently. So once you know you and once you educate yourself and once you start on that healing path, there's things that you need to do to protect yourself uh, to make sure that you have a healthy, long and happy life. Gail wants to know, what does a breakdown look and feel like? So 
I can only explain from my own personal view. And for me, that was uh, so many things that led to a simple point in time where something kind of minor at work happened and I started to cry and I could not stop. I was so down and so tearful and in such a bad place that I just could not stop. And I finally recognised that I needed help. And I tried to mask, I tried to deny, I tried to hide up until I was about 40. And that saw me sitting in a GP office, bawling my eyes out, saying, I don't know what to do, I cannot stop crying. And I was blessed in that instant that the GP reached over, put his hand on my hand and said, you're having a nervous breakdown. Your brain can no longer cope with your life and your unhealed trauma. You must stop working. You need to start taking some medication and you need to see a counsellor. And what a blessing that GP was in my life because that's when I started to heal and deal. And I'm not going to lie and tell you it was easy. It's probably been the hardest, longest journey of my life. And now, some 13 years later, I can talk to you live on air and try and give you the help, encouragement and shine the light on the impacts of childhood trauma. And I get to talk to amazingly healed and wonderful people like Tracy, who has an incredible story and an incredible amount of trauma, but you see what is evident in her life now. She speaks to people across the world outside of COVID. She talks to people all the time. She has a huge business where she gets to help people uh, live their best self. She writes amazing books and has wonderful courses. And so she gets to live this amazing life just because she chose to seek the healing that she needed to recover from those traumatic events in her childhood. So, Tracy, I want you, if you can, to tell people uh, what your life is like now what sort of things that you do and how having had that trauma has led to the life that you lead now. Okay, so like you've already said, which was very kind, and I said I have really made a lifetime out of doing this. You know, I've created a lifestyle because I believe this. I believe that when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, nobody was talking about it. And when I needed to heal in the 80s, um, because things were becoming really apparent for me. I was, um, I got married and that was pretty triggering. I realised people were still not talking about it. And here we are in, you know, 2020 and people are still awkward about talking about it, Tony. So I have made a very conscious decision, which is why I wrote The Unhappy Smile, to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, we can't heal. And we can't give you information that will help you heal. That's because right. at the end of the day, every single human on this planet is deserving of love, connection and a wonderful life. Absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, I'm married. I have four adult daughters who are very strong, independent women because that's how I raised them intentionally. I have nine grandchildren. I advocate a lot for domestic violence and sexual abuse and for children to be protected and amongst all of that. I have, I, you know, Tony, I could reel off all the stuff I've got because I have a truly mm. blessed life. But you know what I'm most happy about? I have peace of mind. I hear my father's name, George, you know, on TV and I'm not triggered. You know, I, I see men that look like some of the men that perpetrated me and I'm not triggered. I can I can go out, I can be alone, I can do whatever I want, I can delve back into the story and write a book, I can stand on stage and talk about it and I go back to my room and I don't fall apart for six hours. I'm just really grateful that in all the work that I did, the one thing it gave me was my sanity. It gave me the strength to 
to have a story that could help others but be able to actually step outside of it and make it a story, not not something I had to carry as a deep, heavy burden. Yeah. And so that's that's the best thing that came out of all of it, Tony. That's the greatest thing I have in my life. Yeah. And, and I see it as a gift that for everything that I went through, what a gift it's given me in the ability to talk to people about it. I see that as the driving force for me is to shine a light on the difficult subjects that we don't talk about um, because I absolutely believe that once you start talking and shine the light on some of these difficult subjects like childhood trauma, people start to engage. And once they start to engage, they see what is evident in their lives and they start to get healed. And the truth of the fact is the healing of humanity is one of the most important things that we need to see in the next 10 to 20 years. And Tracy and I are both part of that process. We both feel passionately about shining light on difficult subjects that people don't want to talk about and giving people education and avenues that will help them recover from whatever it is that they've had to deal with. So lots of people in who have suffered from uh, trauma, and I include childhood trauma and part of that, suffer from something called PTSD. And PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. And in, it's a group of things that happen in our minds and bodies that relate to a traumatic event. Uh, lots of the conversation is centered around people who come back and soldiers that come back from war. But post-traumatic stress disorder can be present and ongoing after childhood trauma. And uh, I know that when I say GP, that was my doctor that I spoke to. And I know that my doctor talked to me about being in a permanent PTSD cycle that required immediate treatment. Now, for some of you, uh, some people are helped just by finding a safe person to talk to. Others are helped by going to their doctor. Others are helped by psychologists and uh, psychiatrists. And others are helped by the multitude of people who do the work that Tracy does. So that's a one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentoring, counselling, coaching situation that helps you deal with what you're dealing with in a day-to-day -day situation. So although childhood trauma is something that uh, is evident in adult lives, we just want you to know that there's help out there, yeah? So, Tracy, some of the um, work that you do is that one-on-one -on -one counselling. Can you describe what some of those sessions look like for our listeners? Sure. <clears throat> so I'm a, I'm a big believer that everything we do is out of our subconscious belief system. Yeah. And so everything we, we behave, the way we behave, cognitive behavior comes from our belief system. And yeah. so for me, the first thing I always do with people is really unpack what they believe around themselves, their self-worth, their value, their core values, their non-negotiables. And most times, it's really crazy, Tony, but most times yeah. I find that the people that have been hurt the most are the most willing to carry it for everybody else instead of healing. And so often within a couple of sessions, we're delving deep into that because one of the most significant days of my life was when I woke up and I was I was in a PTSD loop about yes. everything that had happened. Yeah. And somebody said to me, I, I spoke to, I hung out with a friend because I had I had moments in my adulthood where I just could never be alone. I just couldn't be alone for a minute. And I had a gorgeous friend who was always really capable of just being present with me, didn't yeah. need to talk to me or do anything. They could just hang out with me. Yeah. And this day she said to me, do you think the 12 men that have hurt you have these moments? And it was like a light bulb when I realized not one of them stops for one second of any of their dime, not even my father, to yeah. think about me. 
to think about what they did, how they harmed me, how much they are responsible. And when I realized that, I realized I was their story. I was letting them write my story. I was letting them run my life when in actual fact they were going on with their lives like nothing had happened. And so I began a journey of forgiveness, letting them go, taking back the power to write my own story in my own way. And, And that is sort of what I do with people because I believe this. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself and it's a very simple procedure it's nothing divine it's it's just a it's a way to do it there's a steps program in my book about how to do it and I think that when you start to forgive people you start to energetically release them from your life you start to take back the control of your life you can have any life you want and I think that anyone who's alive today on this planet is here for a reason and needs to have that life so that's sort of what I what I do when I work with them yeah yeah, um, it, and I want to add to that. Why would you get um, help with childhood trauma? And the reason is that without treatment, uh, traumatic events affect the brain and the nervous system, and that results in increased uh, health-related uh, long-term problems like diabetes and heart disease and you're more likely to die at an earlier age and add to that an unhappy life so the pendulum if you if you like swings in the side of getting help because it has such long-term wonderful benefits for your life so you can either stay in this place where you don't seek help and don't try and heal or you can go and start the process of healing and getting help and live a longer life live a better life and live and have increased happiness so mason wants to know tracy did you ever confront any of them um Mason, I couldn't confront my dad because he's um, a schizophrenic with five personalities. So my dad is not mentally stable. So he had no, you know, four out of five of them had no idea what the other one was doing. So that was was chaotic and there was no point in that. Um, I confronted one of them because I was related to them and I wanted them to give me some answers and I had absolutely no success with that. It was... It was very difficult. And that sort of got me thinking there was probably no point in that for me. I didn't really need them to own what happened. I was really conscious of what happened. I was able to accept what had happened because I knew I needed to forgive them and I needed to release them from my life. Not one of them would ever have access to my life again. I put up some strong, bold love boundaries around it all. But for me, it was really a case of just releasing them. I came into contact by accident. I came face to face with one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, with, by accident, I went, I was, during my job, I had to go and visit another company and he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was really difficult for me. Um, And that was when I told my family a lot of what had happened because my sister was with me at the time. Um, And that was really chaotic for me too because they didn't accept it. So that was sort of the beginning of the path for me, just really separating from my family and going on with my life how I knew I needed to. And I'm just talking on um, family. I had a discussion on um, my show yesterday about dysfunctional families. And you may find as you heal that there are certain members and people close to you that you can no longer associate with. So there comes a point in time, and I know Tracy has been through this and I'm currently going through this, where you make a decision that some of those close family relationships are not worth the angst and pain that they bring you. And you need to physically and emotionally cut those people out of your life and that's quite a process and it comes with grief and uh, walking down that path of forgiveness and lovingly letting them go and that's a huge process that we probably don't have time to fully discuss today but 
but for people and listeners to know that as you start to heal, some things become intolerable for you anymore and there's some behaviours in people that you will not accept anymore. So for me, one of those things is I no longer will accept verbal abuse from anyone. And I'll give you a couple of uh, uh, passes, but if that behaviour continues after I've addressed it with you and said that's not acceptable, you cannot speak to me that way, if the behaviour still continues, then that person no longer has the privilege of interacting with me in my life. And it's taken a long time to get to that point, but I know that that's the right decision for me because I'm a giving, generous, empathic person and I will forgive you and forgive you and forgive you until the point comes where interactions with you are no longer healthy, helpful or have a happy ending and that's when it begins to end. Harper says, so you never forgave them, you forgave yourself. Great question, Harper. What do you think, Trace? Um, I did both. I yes. did both, and I think you have. I think you have to do both, uh, especially if it's younger trauma. Yes. Um, you do have to forgive them, but may I make it really clear? I forgave them for my own sake, and I did not ever once excuse the behaviour. Yes. So yes. very they, important. They are not in my life. They are not able to affect my children or my children's children. They, when I forgave them. It was purely about releasing their energy and their control over my life. Yeah. So I forgave them for what they did and I forgave myself. That's um, very important, guys, to forgive yep. yourself. But if there cannot be restitution with both parties where both parties are remorseful and able to change their behaviours, then forgiveness is the gift you give yourself and you release them from your life and you do not take them back in. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, if it's a close family relationship, example, mum, dad or, or sister, that's quite a difficult process, but it can be done and it does bring results in your life that are good. Wensi says, what if other people are doing things that triggers the past issues? Do you cut them out as well? Do you want to answer that, Trace? Look, I think we might have lost Tracy. Wensi, if other people are doing things that trigger your issues, then that's something that you need to talk to them about. And when you talk to them about that, they may not be capable of understanding or empathy. They may not be able to understand where you're coming from. So yes, if they do continue to do that after you've asked them not to do that, that may be something that you need to consider because that's unhealthy for you. It's unhealthy that you've talked to someone about something that triggers you or upsets you and they keep doing it despite the fact that they know it's hurtful for you. That's not a great person to have in and around your life. So I hope that that answers uh, your question because it's very important for you to have boundaries. In doing this work and healing from uh, childhood trauma, it becomes very important to put boundaries around you and your life because that protects you. And at the end of the day, you want to be protected because then you can be free to do and live the life that you're absolutely needing to live. And we are down to just a moment left. And I think that we've lost our wonderful Tracy. Sarah. No, I'm here. I know you're I'm still here. here, darling. Yep, I'm here. Yep. Fantastic. Sweetie, is there something that you want to say in the last minute to all our listeners and their wonderful engagement in this difficult subject this morning? I'm going to leave the last minute for Tracy. You know, you, you're you a unique being. Every one of us is just such a unique being. And it would be such a shame if somebody could take part of that uniqueness and ruin it forever. 
Like I said at the beginning of the show, I wish that nobody had my story. I wish that I was this unique unicorn, the only child in the world ever for it to have happened, but it's not. The more I travel, the more I talk about it, the more I discover I belong to a huge group of men and women who hold the same pain and trauma that I have held. So my advice to you is that no matter how hard it is that you back yourself, that you take you take everything you can in your life to create a better life for yourself, to get over the trauma, to get through the healing and to become a better version of yourself with all of that attached to your dance. Like I said, I am by far more relational, more loving, more kind because of all of the stuff that I've worked out. When you've healed from the depths of things that I've healed from, you're not a shallow person. You're not a short-tempered person. You're not somebody who gets upset if their coffee's late or the wrong order to a table. And so it makes you this very deep, grounded human. But more than anything, that one person that stands to gain the most from you healing is you. Absolutely. And I just wish with all my heart that you guys all find the strength to back yourselves. And if you don't, like Tony said, grab some of our resources, you know, get hold of people even close by and find ways to help you do it. Wonderful people. It's been quite a deep show today. And just before we go, um, a huge virtual hug for Tracy for being so vulnerable and coming on Radio Tony and talking about this difficult subject today. I want all of those of you who are listening today and who are later listening to this podcast, I want you all to do something really nice for yourself today. And I'm sending Tracy big virtual hugs. Everyone, that's it for Radio Tony today. Thank you so much, Tracy Horton. Jump on to Tracy's website in the chat box. Find her book, The Unhappy Smile. I can highly recommend it. It's full of really great, helpful information and exercises. And we'll see you all next week. But bye for now. Bye. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets, and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. A platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom!